Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ayo, hey, welcome into the CHGO White Sox pre- postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars welcome into studio b here in the chgo offices of the west loop of chicago i'm your host sean anderson you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore w underscore anderson alongside me as always is herb lawrence hello you can follow him on twitter at ecknerwall 23 we are joining you from studio b after a four nothing victory the white Sox defeat the evil empire of the los angeles dodgers and improve to 26 and 27 on the year. They win 4 nothing on the backs of Michael Kopech. We'll say Jake Berger. Always Danny Mendick. And, uh, you know, the usual suspects are in there as well. But a team victory tonight, Herb. Oh, it's great to see. I mean, early in the game, we were talking early in the pregame about AI created Mitch White and how the White <laughs> Sox should absolutely torch this guy. And he went like 4 Perfect innings before the White Sox ever got to him. It was a Jose Abreu uh, single that broke up his perfect slash no hitter. And then the White Sox started doing things in the sixth inning. It was good to see. It was putting hits on top of hits, on top of hits, on top of hits. Started off with our guy, Alan Lorenz Pollock, getting the job done for a guy who struggled all game long and struggled mostly all year long in Gavin Sheets. But... We all, we all know what the real story is. Well, we all know what the real story is. Just real quick, though. I mean, A.J. Pollock coming in, pitch hit, doing some dirty work against his old uh, teammate, uh, David Price. You know, that, that's very good to see. The real story, though, is Michael Kopech. Uh, the, the fact that this man is just coming into any big game scenario and coming in and just absolutely dominating is something I definitely did not expect. He was great against the Rays. He was great against the Yankees. He was great against the Yankees. He was great against the Dodgers. The only bad start he's had this year is against the Blue Jays, and uh, this is one hell of a way to bounce back from that one, Herb, huh? And I call that an anomaly because that was nine days of rest, which is not what you're supposed to get. And, you know, truth be told, he was getting that rest because Dylan Cease couldn't pitch in Toronto, so he would have been on his regular rest on the Sunday after he pitched in Yankee Stadium. Or yeah, so but he right. pitched first the Yankees and then he would have pitched first the Cubs, as you said. Uh instead Cease had to pitch because he couldn't pitch in Toronto. So that throw throw that Toronto game away. He wasn't on his regular rest. That would have been a seven day rest. This was six days, and you saw the results. Whenever it's a big time guy, he's gonna show up and give you big time performance. I was scared. Look at that damn lineup. 
Mookie right. Betts, Freddie Freeman, Terry Turner, Will Smith, Justin Turner, and Cody Bellinger to start off with. That's tough. And he said, who? <laughs> Bums now. He struck out Mookie Betts twice. Yeah. Just to make sure in the first time around. I mean, it was fantastic to see from Michael Kopech. We got a lot of people watching us right now. I want to give a shout out to Jake. Uh, he's saying, I'm not the reason this mini week uh, win streak started, but I did drive from Miami to Tampa for the game on Saturday, despite our trash record and a tropical storm. And Jake obviously brought them good luck. Sox improved their win streak to three games. Yes, they did. And we appreciate you, Jake. Whatever is necessary. If it's Jake driving from Miami to Tampa, that is a horrible drive <laughs> because you're leaving a good city to a horrible city. And you're well, going across the Everglades. Yeah. And or it's the Swamp Angel over here, Sean Anderson, who's like, you know what? I'm going to take the sacrifice. I'm going to go up to Wisconsin, a worse state than <laughs> Illinois. I'm going to go through the worst parts of Illinois and get this picture of the Swamp Angel Road and take a picture under it. And do it for you, White Sox fans. And our guy Eli Stein's here, waking up early in the morning out there in Israel just so he can celebrate the White Sox victory. Good job, Eli. Whatever you guys need to do to get the White Sox to the promised land, do it. And our guy KPW is still in the house, even though he embarrassed us with his uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Good luck to you. I hope we got your Toronto Blue Jays right for uh, they kept on rolling. I, mean, they, I think they had a five-game winning streak coming into that White Sox series, had an eight-game after they left, and uh, KPW, you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome, KPW. Eli Stein watching when it's 6-12 out in Israel. And blank name saying Dodgers hitters look like they've never seen a fastball like Kopex before. Um, it, it truly felt uh, like that was the case. It was just magnificent to watch Michael Kopek and his fastball work. You just see the lack of rise on that pitch. And, and Vinny was talking about it, what Dylan C. said. You're playing catch with Michael Kopek. It feels like the ball is just going to hit you in the nose with the way that it rises up. Up or it gives that rising effect. Uh, we call that the Magnus effect in baseball with, with physics. Uh, shout out to Foolish Baseball who put together a great video on Corbin Burns um, and why he's so effective. And part of that reason is the fact that you get all this great spin working in tandem. And, and here we go. You see Michael Kopech and the rise and what he does against that one through nine. I mean, Gavin Lux was their ninth hitter and gave you know him, him a really tough at bat. First time he got uh, saw him, uh, Kopech throws four balls to him. Uh, and, and that was really the only trouble that Kopech got himself into. So, uh, you know, real nice to see uh, from Kopech today. And the other thing the chat's talking about, Yankees are up 10-4 to on the Twins in the 8th. Uh, Cleveland's also losing right now to the Texas after they won game one of a doubleheader. So people are feeling good. One question asked, uh, are the White Sox still in it, Herb? Can the White Sox turn this thing around? We've been talking about it, right? We, we've been saying, hey, there's no reason to be all doom and gloom, even though they're X amount of games under 500. A night like tonight shows you why you really shouldn't give up hope. The pitching's really damn good. Wayne Wayne and uh, Luis Buttcheeks, I'm joking, of course. I love Wisconsin. I was just giving you a little shit there. Um, yes. they, they could be a little more diverse with their food. All right, that, that's the one thing I will say about Wisconsin. You don't like cheese? It's very good. The cheese is very good. It's very, very good up there. The meat is very, very good. But a lot of American cuisine establishments up there. All right, a lot of American cuisine They like what they like. They really do. Uh, and by the way... As you pointed out, Cleveland beat the Texas Rangers in game one, six to three. And then Texas beat the Cleveland Indians, Guardians, damn it, six to three <laughs> in game two. And guess what? That some bitch, Marcus Simeon's getting hot. Three home runs in the doubleheader. He had seven hits in the doubleheader. And they're coming to Chicago this weekend. Hopefully, we can douse him off. But this victory, 
mercy. Just to have Michael Kopech, 13 swings and misses on his pitches, throwing fastballs, sliders, curveballs. I mean, the man is an outstanding pitcher. I did not expect this. I don't know if anybody else out there expected that Michael Kopech would be a sub-two ERA guy and versus the best team so face, he'll dominate them. I know Sean has a graphic that it will show you a little later, but he dominates the best teams and only gives up one hit. And the one hit he gave up was a pretty good hit, mm-hmm. but that was it. Right. It was nothing else that was like, okay, that could have been a hit, but a great defensive play stopped it. The man is just electric out there. Those Dodgers batters, and you heard Steve Stone, and uh, tip of the cap to Steve for his 40 years in broadcasting. He says, sometimes when you get a guy 2-0, and those guys are licking their chops and they're ready to hit. Versus Michael Kopech, they're not looking their chops. They don't know what's coming, and they can't hit it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's in a hitter's count, that's how you know how good he was today. Yeah, I mean, the fastball was just practically unhittable. We saw it in the sixth inning when everything else wasn't as tight as it was, but he has three batted balls against uh, the fastball, and it's weak pop-up. Week pop up and the other one you talked about it too like off the bat it was like whoa damn uh you know Freddie Freeman getting that one off the bat but then it didn't even reach the, the warning track and it's just all. like that's what that fastball does the lack of uh, of drop on that pitch just makes it so hard to actually square up for hitters they're expecting it to be in one place and when it's just a couple inches above where they're expecting it you get weak contact and that's exactly what Michael Kopech does so well and he had the breaking balls working today Everything was fantastic, and Kevin mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, Kevin Malloy in the, the comments, mentioning the fact that uh, Kopech's fastball seemed to be moving a little bit more uh, today than it usually does. Horizontal break on his uh, forcing fastball today uh, was uh, three uh, three inches above the average, so uh, today the right, average Kevin? was 12 on the inches of a horizontal break. Uh, yearly average is nine for Kopech, so uh, real nice there for Kopech, getting a lot of tail on his fastball today. And another thing, like you saw in these advantageous accounts for these hitters, yes, the fastball's coming. And so you would think, okay, I'm going to cheat on this pitch. I'm going to make sure I drive it hit either right up the middle or to left field. It's 99, but you could still catch up to it. You're a Major League Baseball player. They were popping those balls up to the right side of the infield or the right side of uh, to Gavin uh, Sheets and a couple basket catches by Jose Abreu and in uh, foul territory, don't like him doing that, but apparently that's his thing. They weren't even close to coming close to barreling those balls up against Michael Kopech when they knew he was going to be throwing fastballs or in fastball counts. That's how good the pitch was today. Yeah, the average exit velocity for Michael Kopech's uh, forcing fastball, 91. Hard hit is 95, and he was throwing it an average of 96. Mm. So it was going out. Slower than it was coming in, folks. Uh, you got an ace. And as long as they are making sure that horse is running straight and he's not stepping over any of his uh, horse horse feet or whatever, you know, horse shoes, uh, you know, as long as they're making sure that that, that horse isn't getting out of stride there, uh, they got a real winner in Michael Kopech. Uh, my God, is he fun to watch. Uh, just just absolutely uh, nutty stuff. Uh, people were mentioning Steve Stone. You mentioned Steve Stone. Sox win four to nothing on his 40th anniversary of broadcast. Casting. Hey, so look at uh, you. Look at that. Shout out to Steve Stone. And no, uh, we didn't hear his uh, final uh, words here, but I guess we can go into Stoney before we uh, go into Kopech, and then we'll be joined by Vinny Duber here a little bit later. But uh, Stoney, 
40 years in broadcasting. You've worked with him a, a bit at the score over your time in your professional career, mm-hmm. and, and you've obviously just been in Chicago, and this man's worked a lot of years in Chicago as a broadcaster. Uh, what does Steve Stone mean to you? He means a lot. He means, like, he is the best analyst of sports anywhere, period. He played the game. He knows how to give you what you're seeing in digestible chunks as you're a person who is just a lay person and is a famous line for all you kids out there. This is what you want to do. He gives you the education, gives you the, enter- the entertainment. Even when I was a Cub guy in, you know, early in my development, I never really discerned either Cubs or Sox as far as my fandom. I used to watch him all the time. I was like, yeah, this guy really knows what he's doing. I'm learning while I'm in, being entertained as a child. And then as an adult, I got to meet him, of course, with the score when he came over uh, after the Cubs did some dumb shit and fired mm-hmm. him because Moises Alou and other people were talking. I think Dusty Baker didn't like his commentary. And that's the thing. He's not a guy that is a homer, even though he gets accused of that. And he's not a guy that is a total, like, off-the-charts guy, he keeps it right in the middle. He tells you what he's seeing without any filter, without any fluff, and he's good for that. And that's why I love Steve Stone. And he's the acerbic wit that he has is just awesome. The first time I ever met him was at the Score Studio. It's exactly like you see on TV with Jason, just telling jokes, giving good stories. He knows everybody. Everybody knows him. He's a great guy, and I love to have him on when, the, when he was on with the Lawrence Holmes Show because – all Lawrence had to do was crack Mike. See, Stone, how you doing? This was a uh, you know a great week for the White Sox. Twenty minutes later, Lawrence asked the well, second Lawrence. question. I mean, you just those are the guests that you love that just have good good stories and can spin a yarn and keep you interested for the whole time. Yeah, it's really uh, marvelous watching him work. I know that people get really frustrated with his uh, Twitter uh, presence, yeah. and, and I think rightfully so. I know our, our guy Zach Hayes uh, at Pine Tart Keyboard uh, was going after Steve Stone over the weekend, and I think rightfully so. But looking at his 40-year career, you go and watch any other team. You go watch any other team. Go to MLB.tv. Pick up any of the home broadcasts, the away broadcasts. You will not find a better actual broadcaster than Steve Stone. There's a reason why he was up for the Ford Frick, won the Ford Frick. Uh, the guy is really, really good at just explaining baseball to people. I, I understand that the frustration uh, around him, especially in April, being like, oh, well, enjoy the ride or be bitter. Um, like, I, I know I, I was really annoyed by that one, too, because a month later, uh, they were still under 500. Uh, but, you know, overall, Steve Stone does a fantastic job just entertaining people and informing people. Uh, so congrats to Steve Stone uh, on 40 years of broadcasting. He mentions that Jason has rejuvenate, uh, rejuvenated him, and uh, you can definitely tell uh, just that, you know, having someone who has that type of wit and matching that with Jason's wit, uh, really just a lovely pair between those two. I mean, we all love Stone. I mean, Hawk Harrison and Stoney. Yeah. But you could tell at the end there, he was having a little senioritis, as we all do when we're close to vacation <laughs> and he was close to retirement. Probably taking the temperature of the team and letting it affect his broadcast, as Sock is wont to do. So, Stoney. I'm going to go check on Todd down there. Exactly. Stoney, you take over. Yes, I'll tell you what. (laughs) And so, that is probably, Stoney's the the side guy. He'll play the role, whatever role you want him to play. But, and he says the words right there, rejuvenated. Jason Benetti's personality, and I've told him this, he has done a great job with this uh, show I like to call it a show because even when the White Sox are losing, I like to watch the broadcast because the broadcast is 
awesome. The games sometimes are boring, but those guys will find you a way to be entertained because they understand that the game can be boring. The offense can slow down, but they, as broadcasters, need to keep the audience right there. And that's what Jason and Stoney have done. I kept on the TV every time, even though I was like, oh, this game sucks. Not just because this game, I mean, I have to broadcast it after, but those guys are entertaining, and I'm glad that Jason has rejuvenated Steve Stoney. He needs to be the Fort C. Frick Award winner eventually and be in the Hall of Fame like his partner, Hawk Harrelson. Uh, Jason's got time. Yeah. Talking about Jason, I mean, right? no, I'm talking about Steve Stone. Oh, weren't they talking to Steve Stone? He got a, he got nominated. I don't think That's he's it? I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame oh, as a broadcaster as yet. Who can we talk to? We uh, we can apparently write letters to uh, Rick, Rick Hahn. So maybe Rick Hahn can do something about this. Yes, dear Rick Hahn, dear Rick get Hahn. Steve Stone into the Hall of Fame and DFA Josh Harrison. Please talk to Bye. your owner and, and, and <laughs> the the last those PS are really important too. Yes. Uh, really emphasize those Josh Harrison parts. You know, if if Stoney gets in, he gets in. Uh, but if Josh Harrison gets DFA, I mean that's that's all White Sox care uh, fans care about right now. But uh, yeah, real great to you know, congrats for to Steve Stone and uh, I really did think that he won it. I thought that that's what they mentioned, but. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, and there was a question uh, from, I think, Jason or Justin, if he only, Justin, uh, if he only called anyone else for, besides Cubs or Sox. Uh, it was with Cubs from 83 to 04. Uh, as Herb mentioned, left the Cubs booth, then went to White Sox Radio in 07, and then joined the TV uh, in 08, I think. So that was uh, Stoney's career, and he's been doing, you know, he, he's the only player to play for the Cubs, play for the Sox, broadcast for the Cubs, and broadcast for the Sox. And he's been doing that since 1983. So uh, shout out to Stoney for his long, long career. All right, let's go into Michael Kopech's day, and let's look at his pitch breakdown because it was a fantastic, fantastic day for Michael Kopech. The main thing you want to look at right there is the called strikes plus whiff percentage on his fastball. It's at 36%. The league average is 27%. And this is up against the Dodgers. This is up against one of the best teams in baseball. This is up against a disgusting lineup uh, that they threw out here today. He absolutely overpowered them with his fastball. We also see 10 balls put in play. The average exit velocity of that was 91 miles per hour. If he lets that up, there will not be a lot of home runs given up by Michael Kopech, and this was his 10th appearance uh, this year, uh, his ninth, where he did not allow a home run. So Kopech just absolutely having everything working and firing on all cylinders, and uh, love to see a well-rested Michael Kopech out there today. Uh, I don't think that we should be too worried because, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, that, that rest for him between that Blue Jays series and the Yankees series was a little bit weird, but as long as they keep him around six days, maybe seven days, uh, I think that he's going to be pretty damn fine if this is what he's putting out. Yeah, and it's weird because 68% of his pitches, 67 pitches, were fastballs. This is the major leagues. Just throwing fastballs over the plate. He's like, can you hit it? No, you can't. Cool. Awesome. I'll continue to throw it. Against the Dodgers, what, three times through 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 their lineup? Two and a half times through their lineup? Mm-hmm. So they had a chance to adjust and say, okay, I didn't know what this bitch is bringing. I've been watching the rest of the game. Fastball. No, I, they couldn't see it the whole game. That is an amazing feat for him. And it's got to feel good. Like, he probably went to sleep after that Toronto game. He's like, that's bullshit. That, this team is not <laughs> as – that team can't fuck with me. I'm Michael Kopech. And then went to sleep. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, and woke up. It's like, yeah, I'm Michael Kopech. And he said, yeah, the Dodgers on the schedule. I don't give a fuck. 
I don't care. They put their pants on one leg at a time like I do, but I put them on two legs at a time, and they can't fuck with the 67 fastballs ever. And I threw, what, 27 sliders and only four curveballs. The man is just dealing, and you got to give credit to his partner out there. I was like, eh, for Reese McGuire. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, fine. Trading Zach Collins is the, the thing I'm looking for. Addition by subtraction. Get Zach Collins out of there. Reese McGuire caught a great game, an awesome game. He understood that Michael was rolling, and they couldn't mess with his fastball. And he only, I think, what, he got one of those strikeouts on a slider and all the rest of them were on fastball, if I believe correctly. Um, I know they showed the graphic of his first five were five strikeouts against his fastball, only one versus slider. So he's doing most of the damage with his fastball, and that's whew, it's really hard to do. Phil Collins, he's not Phil Collins. He didn't know who Phil Collins is. Robert. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Phil Collins is a little rough because Phil Collins has no hair. So, I mean, like, I have some hair. I mean, I, I, the John Lennon thing, I, I, I little, you know, I understood a little bit more. Felt like that was a little bit of more imagined. I feel like Vinny's probably going to say something uh, about the shades that just feels very Vinnyan uh, to, to, to be like, ah, you I know, mean, hey, you John, might call you- John Lennon, oh, yeah. imagine that, you know. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what those glasses give me. They give me a Sean Lake Life. That's what they are. <laughs> They're giving Sean Lake Life. Lake Life. Swamp Angel Anderson. That's what he is. <laughs> uh, Kopech today, he had five. I like that description, by the way. Five strikeouts on his four-seam fastball. Three. On his slider. On his slider. So uh, that, that's the Michael Kopech uh, day for him. And it, it was all working for him. Uh, looked fantastic. 62 strikes on 98 pitches. Uh, 10 first pitch strikes out of 20. So uh, really no complaints there. That was a fantastic pitch and, game by Kopech. And I was wondering if he would even get a chance to pitch the sixth inning because he was mm-hmm. at time at 85 pitches, not laboring, but you know, they want to watch his pitch count, want to watch everything that he's doing. And I was like, Oh, he's got probably like 15 pitches to work with. Cause you know, when you get to that hundred pitch mark, people are automatically scared of you, even though you are not showing any signs of fatigue, but the man battled through and the white Sox came through for him in that bottom of the sixth inning. So he can grab the W cause I know we don't care about pitchers wins, but they do. Yeah, they do. Anything helps uh, for for them getting money. Uh, You know, hey, I led the league in wins. Well, that will help win money. Hey, I had the lowest ERA. Well, that will help win money. Hey, I had the most uh, infield pop-ups. That will help get money. You know, any stat uh, they'll take, they will absolutely uh, uh, take that. And to whiteboard this for the people who are listening to the podcast, I know you're not watching on YouTube. Sean is wearing some really dark glasses. We're inside. I don't know if you know. Studio B is inside. But you know, lake life never ends. Yeah, his, you know, his, I'm his always future, by the lake. His future is so bright. He has to wear shades. Absolutely. The White Sox uh, future is so bright. Uh, they'll have to wear shades because they're about to sweep the Dodgers. I'm so confident on it. You should go to points bet right now. The best way to support CHGO Ooh. is to download the points bet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two. Two risk-free bets, up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email PointsBet at allCHGO.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting. And it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. You can buy your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. It's my favorite, favorite way 
to win money with points bet, boosting my odds on my parlays, my same game parlays. It's the best feature of points book. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And if you want to start your day with a competitive edge, we are here to tell you about Strava CBD coffee. It is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. You can help you feel alert and focused without the jitters. It can help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, introducing CBD into your daily routine can help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava, is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. And they also offer full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire order when they use CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com when you use code uh, CHGO25 at checkout. If you already love Strava, you can subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. You can save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. Again, use code CHGO25 at checkout at StravaCraftCoffee.com to get 25% off your entire order. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only. One use per customer. You glad you didn't have to do that? Yes, I don't. I don't. Like I know you're not a big read, read guy, Justin Kershaw and Bueller not pitching this series at all. Right. It'll be Goslin tomorrow, and on Thursday is Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson. So you got Goslin versus Cueto. The Dodgers know Cueto. He was longtime Giant. You know, he's probably seen him for the past three years, four years, I think. Yeah. Uh, so a little worried about that matchup. But Tony Goslin uh, really having a great career year here, but I, I don't know if I really buy it. The White Sox probably could get to him. And then Tyler Anderson has been a journeyman uh, for the large part of his career. And it will be Tyler Anderson versus uh, Dylan Cease, uh, right? Correct. Yeah, right. So Dylan yeah. Cease. So, I mean, what do we got to worry about? I mean, you know, yeah, Cueto might get knocked around, but you're facing Tony Goslin and Tyler Anderson. Let's eat. Sweet time. I mean, happen. just to whiteboard this, Sean, last Wednesday before he left, was pretty much talking shit. He's like, the Dodgers suck. At the time, they were, he didn't know this necessarily. He knew that they had already gotten beat two games out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates, but the Pirates were currently sweeping them. At the same time, he said the, the Dodgers are weak. Vinny and I looked at him like, what the hell are you talking about? They're the best team in baseball. Weak. He said they're weak. They haven't played anybody. When we play them next week, remember, this is in the midst of the White Sox getting their shit handed to them by the Toronto Blue Jays. This man's like, oh, the White Sox are going to sweep them. So this man put it down last Wednesday and said the White Sox will sweep the Dodgers. We're one game, two to go shakes, two do- one down, two to go shakes. Well, hey, I don't need, I don't get their shakes reference, uh, uh, but Some, somebody will. Since you mentioned it. One uh, down shakes. We can give a shout out to a shake we know. Yes. Because Shakia Taylor is uh, adding some uh, some hardware to the trophy room because uh, she just found out that she won the John Coates Next Generation Award at the recent 
Jerry Malloy Negro Leagues Conference in Birmingham. Uh, she didn't know what to say. It's an honor and a great privilege to be recognized by people who have made the Negro Leagues their life's work. And uh, Shake has done some fantastic, fantastic job covering uh, Jackie Robinson Day uh, recently in, in 2021. Uh, and she also did a great job with the Effa Manley piece, uh, a very influential and important black figure in baseball. Uh, Shakia Taylor has done fantastic work in the baseball world, and you should be following her at Curly Fro. We had a guest week, uh, second week, third week, third, uh, second week? third week, third week of our show. And shake was our second guest. Yeah. She was awesome. She was so good. And just to give you the, what it was, the reference, it was one down shakes is from sleepers, sleepers, sleepers. It's a good movie. It's Kevin Bacon, Jason Patrick, Brad Pitt. I forgot who else is in the movie. Pretty great movie. To watch it, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'll, I'll figure. Robert De Niro's in the movie. Mini okay. Driver. I heard about him. I mean, uh, he's like he's Mini got Driver. he's he's got a major part, but he's a side character. It's a ensemble crew. It's a really good movie. It's about four boys who go to a reformatory school and then uh, get sexually assaulted by the guards. Oh, geez. Um, sounds light. Um, what's it's great though? What's the Title? Sleepers. Sleepers. Okay. Is, Sleepers. And is that different than Swingers? It is much different okay. than Swingers. All right. Those are two S movies, good movies that though. I know. Uh, and they both seem like completely different vibes. Um, Swingers seems a little bit more fun. I mean. Maybe a little bit more if lighthearted. You, they, Dustin Hoffman also in the movie, Paul Corrected. Thank you. It's They reference the, the book, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, a lot of times. So if you ever read that book, it's off of that. It's very, very... Uh, reminiscent of that book and then it's the guy who wrote the story says it was based off a true story but the people uh involved say there was no such place and no such things happened but gotcha. it's a really good movie and All sean right. speaking of vibes uh matthew cortese he said uh lake life vibes no, I mean, we, we, we're really important about, you know, when it's the sixth inning, bottom of the sixth inning, and there's two outs, and everyone's all worried that the White Sox might not score any runs. You know, tough. the lake life just comes over. The lake life just relaxes you. It just helps you get into a mood where you know nothing bad can happen. And uh, that's why the White Sox win 4 nothing because I, I didn't panic. The White Sox didn't panic in the sixth inning, and uh, I wasn't panicked during that ad read because uh, I had a feeling that Vinny Duber was going to join right on time, and he did. You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat reporter, and he is out at Guaranteed Rate Field where he joins us now. Hi, Vinny. Hiya, gents. How are you? Oh, we're Good. great. How are you, you doing? Do you like his glasses, Vinny? Not inside, I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll at least take them off. I'm, I've been called John Lennon already. Uh, I, I've been called Leon the Professional as well. Uh, Phil Collins, which was a little bit insulting. But, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I just let it brush it off my shoulder. Uh, how was the uh, the locker room? Probably, you know, Tony LaRusso's in a good mood after a win, huh? Absolutely. And so when you don't want to be Phil Collins, you know, if you're going to brush it off your shoulder, you just say that you don't care anymore. Right. Um, there you go. Mm, so, uh, nice. but yes, of course, everybody's in a good mood, uh, uh, down there after the white Sox pulled that one off against the Dodgers. Sean, I'm not sure if anybody besides you was uh, predicting such an outcome this evening, but, uh, certainly Michael Kopech was fantastic as you know, and, uh, the offense did what it had to, we'll put it that way. How about that? <laughs> It seemed like Michael Kopech left the Dodgers in a land of confusion. See what I did there? Um, what did he have to say that was working for him? Because we saw him fill up the strike zone with a lot of fastballs, and the Dodgers could not touch him all night long. Fill up. 
No, that wasn't good. That yeah, wasn't I'm a grown up. Well, that you one. said fill up. I don't know. That's enough. Mm. All right. Mm. Anyway, Someone take me uh, home. God damn it. <laughs> We've done too many. We got, I'm sorry. Oof. Oof. Uh, Kopech was great, obviously. Yes. Uh, I think the, the thing that you're talking about here is what, what Tony La Russa said, which is he rises to the occasion. And boy, does he. We've seen him against some first-place teams this year do some awesome things. That being said, he's really been doing this against everybody. He had one bad start last week against Toronto. And other than that, it's been pretty fantastic for Michael Kopech over the course of the season. Uh, I asked him, you know, does this kind of thing give you confidence? Uh, not just in the moment, obviously, uh, but, but down the road a bit. And he picked up what I was asking because he said, yeah, these are the kind of teams they want to face in the playoffs. If they're fortunate enough to get there, these are the kind of teams that they hope to be seeing at the end of the season. And to know that you've got a guy that can go out there and dominate one of the best lineups in baseball, as Michael Kopech has now done on multiple occasions, be it the Yankees, be it the Dodgers. Uh, that's a big confidence boost for the White Sox and a big confidence boost for him personally. Absolutely. He talked uh, last outing after Toronto about you know how frustrating going up against that Toronto lineup was. Uh, did he talk about any mindset today? It, it felt just like he was very easygoing out there. Yeah, I think focus was an issue for him maybe in that outing against the Blue Jays. And, and he said maybe there were a couple moments tonight where he had to you know meet that challenge as well, but, but not many of them. And uh, certainly we saw that he seemed pretty dialed in from the start. And Guys, this is Michael Kopech, right? I mean, we've been listening, we've been hearing the hype on this guy for years now. It seems. I mean, from the moment they acquired him, and back, way back in 2016, you'll remember he was uh, he was being hyped up as a future top of the rotation arm. Obviously, there's been some delays to that, but he's pitching like it right now, and it couldn't be coming at a better time for the White Sox. Obviously, as they try to get this offense going a little bit, they got four runs tonight, which I guess is what 0.35 runs per game better than they've been doing so far this season. So. Congratulations, I suppose, there. But uh, it, 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 it's still not really what we expected to see from these White Sox. That being said, they'll take the 4 nothing win. They'll take the four runs against the Dodgers team that knows how to pitch pretty well, too. So they'll take it tonight. But uh, the starting pitching, as we've talked about through most of the season, has really been fantastic, and it was the story again tonight. It's got to feel sweet for A.J. Pollard to come off the bench and do this versus former team, his former teammate and David Price. Did he speak about, or Tony speak about, how that double that he hit the break open the game felt for him. Yeah, I mean, he did, and I think, you know, AJ's kind of a low-key guy. He, he said that, you know, yeah, it's good to, to get that done, and but, but you know, had to throw that, that cliche line in there about, oh, baseball's a business, you know, everything, you know, that happens for a reason, la, 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 la. So, uh, you know, nothing that you wouldn't expect to hear from AJ or another baseball player, but you'd have to imagine that uh, doing some winning with your old teammates, uh, seeing them again makes you happy and maybe, uh, you know, gets you a little even more charged up than it, than it would normally. So Kopech is someone that I'm very interested in. You talked about it. You know, it feels like we've been hearing about him uh, for so long and it feels like now he has arrived as a starting pitcher. Uh, wondering more about the usage of him. If we have any more knowledge about that, uh, rest has been something important for Kopech on the day-to-day, -day, but we haven't seen him reach 100 pitches, almost got there tonight uh, at 98. Uh, any more hints or anything about his usage and, and the possible boundaries that they might push with him? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to keep seeing basically what we've been seeing, and that includes some time off between starts that are maybe more than four days. And, you know, Tony La Russa said, unprompted, you know, he was probably a little rusty against Toronto from for not having pitched for so long. And so maybe they make some small tweaks there, some small adjustments, uh, you know, the next time they want to give him a little bit of extra rest between starts. But 
this is kind of what you're going to see, I think, because they want him to be able to do what he did tonight at the end of October. That's the ideal, right? And obviously they got a long way to go before they can make that happen, but they want to be able to make that happen. And so uh, the rest is going to be a part of that. And whether it is not his ideal situation, you know, he's a guy that wants to have that routine, who wants to go, uh, you know, five days between every start or, or you know, four days between every start if you're, you know, splitting the hairs numbers wise. But uh, so that might not be ideal for him, but it's going to keep happening because they want to be able to have their ideal, which is that against these Dodgers at the end of October. Even though the numbers, you look at them one for three with a walk are not you know, eye popping, but Yo Moncada, I saw some of the bats he had today. I'm encouraged with why I saw because, you know, only one right fielder is going to catch that ball that he hit late in the game, and that's Mookie Betts that just happened to pick the ball off pretty much off the ground. Was he encouraged? Was uh, Tony encouraged by his at-bats today? Because I saw a better focus out of him and better contact out of him today. Yeah, I think in general, especially from some of these guys who have really been struggling, I think a lot of a lot of White Sox, you know, folks, whether it's Rick Hahn or Tony LaRusso, are liking what they see. They're seeing a little bit, a little bit here of a breakthrough, and I, I'm not sure if it's going to keep going this way. Who knows? I'm not sure if it's going to, uh, you know, if that Jake Berger home run, Herb, like we talked about all weekend, is going to be the spark uh, that that really turns everything around for these guys. But I think they have to grab on to some minimal progress at this point because there's there's been it's been such a desert for them offensively through the first two months of the season um you you have rick Hahn talking basically offering up the same explanations that he has uh, in in weeks past about why he has hope that the white Sox are going to turn this thing around offensively well because they got a lot of talented players who have done this kind of thing before who have who have hit before and who have broken out of slumps before um it's it's not what fans want to hear obviously because it just means more waiting right but um you can see why they're saying that those things that he's saying are not false uh that being said it's uh it's 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 going to be interesting to see how much waiting has to be done here obviously because it can you can only wait till a certain point until it's too late uh right now it's not too late obviously and if the white Sox start racking up some wins here uh then you're going to see that all that waiting uh paid off the, the waiting is the hardest part, as Phil Collins uh, once said. Um, you mentioned uh, veterans kind of snapping out of those. Uh, those, Herb, those... Herb, reach over and smack him. <laughs> That's usually, I mean, it's usually my job to do the terrible jokes, but Sean's taking over today. Uh, I, I will, we'll go back because, uh, you know, I, I know some people will call your job the big J. I call it the huge J. You know, awesome. journalism is very important to me. Um, so uh, Jake, Jake, not Jake Berger, uh, Gavin Sheets, uh, 0 for 2 today. You talked, uh, Rick Hahn mentioning that, you know, some of the veteran guys will snap out of this easier. Uh, feels like Gavin Sheets is struggling a little bit more than everybody else. 203 batting average on the year. Any talks about what his future may hold? Because, you know, he's, he's in there to do damage against right-handers. And going into today, he had a way to runs create a play of 91 so uh any thoughts on gavin sheets and his bat well i mean obviously he's there for a reason right to bring some lefty pop and i think until they they find an alternative that can you know be the lefty pop they're going to probably need him because that would be something then that would be missing from the team that being said you're absolutely right the production has just not been there at all uh to say that he's doing worse than everybody else is not necessarily true because you've got grandal and moncado and Harrison all below the Mendoza line. Um, You know, uh, Larry Garcia is there too, I believe. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those frustrating aspects. And I think the point is that even on a night like tonight, 
even in a in a stretch of games, the last few games, when you get something from Jake Berger, uh, the, a night like tonight when you're getting stuff from many different people, um, there are so many people in this lineup or on this roster who have struggled so greatly with the bat that it's going to take a little bit more than this to, to realize that they're turned around or to get them turned around. Um, a, a team maybe can can jump off or use a moment as a ramp like we saw you know and, and we saw it earlier in the season with that game against the Angels where they turned that you know failed comeback attempt but one where they got a lot of runs into a six game winning streak now they've turned Jake Berger's home run into a, a meager three game winning streak and who knows where it goes from here um, but if they're going to get truly turned around if they're going to truly be one of the best teams in baseball if they're truly going to be able to win the world series they need to get a lot more than just you know a little bit of a spark here and a little bit of improvement here, they need half this lineup to turn it around. And uh, you know that's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But you know, until further notice, Gavin Sheets is a, is a part of that. Gavin Sheets provides the lefty power, and he's going to need to provide that if the White Sox are going to be able to achieve their goals because you need everything clicking uh, in order to win the World Series. So that that's what we're going to be spending the the season looking at every problem through that lens because those are the expectations that they set before the season started. You spoke to Rick Hahn in the Assembled Media today. Um, what did he have to say about the returns of Tim Anderson and Yoan Mon- not Yoan Moncada, uh, Aloy Jimenez and Lance Lynn? So, uh, yeah, Aloy obviously has, has been down in Charlotte for a while now. I think this was his the 11th day of his rehab assignment, only played in six games in that stretch. Um, but uh, they're, they're – pleased with the way he's progressing. I think, you know, he maybe got a couple of bats taken away from him when he had to come out of that first game with the, you know, the little tug in his leg that he felt on the swing there. Um, but generally he's not, it wasn't a setback or anything like that. He's, he's, and so relatively soon, he's got to get his legs under him. He, there's no exact date yet for his return, but you know, he's, he's on his way, you know, as, as maddening as that uh, vague uh, statement might be. Lance Lynn, probably a little bit more concrete. I think he's starting tomorrow or, or at some point this week. Um, and then that might be it for him down at Charlotte. I mean, he gets up to about 80 pitches and his next start might be uh, with the major league team. And I think we've all kind of circled Monday, maybe as the, uh, you know, next Monday uh, as a time that he could be back. Uh, and maybe that's what we'll see. Maybe he needs to go one more in Charlotte to, to, to get up to 90 or hundred pitches uh, in order to come back. But uh, the White Sox will see. And Rick said it was very possible that uh, perhaps his next start after this one would be with the White Sox. Um, in terms of Tim Anderson, probably looking at a rehab assignment if all goes well during the team's next road trip. So that starts next week. Uh, Detroit and Houston, they go through there, but Tim might be going on a minor league rehab assignment then. Three weeks was the original thing that, that Tony said about when Tim might be back, and it looks like it might be right on that track. Joe Kelly and Vince Velasquez might also be going on rehab assignments around that time should everything go well. So would it be crazy to say maybe on like June 22nd when we're having a tailgate for the White Sox and Blue Jays that Tim Anderson might be playing in that game? Not crazy. Doesn't sound crazy. 
just saying, if people want to come hang out with us in Lot B at 11.30 on June 2nd, tickets are $25, you get a game ticket, you come tailgate with us, and maybe you get to see a returning Tim Anderson. Just saying, maybe it's it's a possibility if you want to check it out, and you can go to allchgo.com to find the event link there and the URL to buy tickets if you want to come out and hang out at our CHGO White Sox tailgate on June 22nd. All right, uh, Vinny, going back to some of the guys that have struggled, I was surprised to see Yasmani Grandal out of the lineup today after an off day on Monday. Reese McGuire getting the start, did a great job catching Kopech and came through with a big RBI. But uh, Grandal, uh, what is the update with him? What can White Sox fans expect from Grandal? I'm assuming he'll probably play tomorrow. Yeah, he's catching tomorrow, according to Tony. I, I read his absence from the game today, to be quite honest with you, as an opportunity for Jake Berger, who's swinging the bat really well. Um, and that's that's not what Tony said. Tony said, you know, just part of getting him some rest. And obviously we found out, uh, you know, last week from, from Daryl Van Scallen's reporting that, you know, Grandal is not necessarily fully recovered from his from his knee surgery in the offseason. So could be an explanation for why they've kind of been playing him slowly uh, here in the first half of the season. Um, but I honestly think, too, you know, the, again, this is just the way I read it, that, uh, you know, you're trying to get Jake Berger some, some at-bats and some opportunity because he's swinging the bat really well. And, of course, he delivers again tonight with an RBI double. Yeah, it, it's great to see Jake Berger perform, and I'm all for him uh, getting more opportunities. Did uh, anyone ask Khan about maybe why Grandal isn't going to the IL if you know he is that injured or or he is you know still trying to build up power in his knees? I, maybe they'd be better off with a Carlos Perez or a, a Sebi Zavala. I don't think it's a case of Grandal being injured. I think it's a case of him not being all the way back. And I think those are two different things. You know what I mean? This is not something that has gotten worse since the season started. This is something that has gotten better since the season started. But it doesn't mean that it's all the way better and perfectly ideal quite yet. I think you've seen the White Sox managing it by, you know, catching him as infrequently as they've caught him, which has been a surprise, I think, for everybody watching this team throughout the first half of the season, given that he is the supposed number one catcher on the on the depth chart um and i think that as the year goes on once he gets to full strength you'll probably see him there more frequently haven't seen it yet because as you mentioned mcguire has been good uh and and obviously grandal is struggling with the bat as well but um i think in an ideal world uh sometime soon or in the second half before the season's over grandal is back to 100 percent after the offseason surgery and is catching the way a number one catcher would catch and this is not a real baseball question, but I've always wondered, like, that Thor's hammer, it was awarded to Kendall Graveman for his striking out the side in Tampa. Does he just keep it until somebody else does it, or does it just go into, a, like, a neutral area? No, it does not go into a neutral area. It, belong, it uh, belongs to its holder until, uh, it is, uh, until another pitcher is deemed worthy. <laughs> until someone else that. does it. And it has to be a reliever, right? No, no yes. starters? Correct. All right. Well, I, I think that's... So if a position player sense. comes in and strikes out three, he gets the hammer. I think he would have to as my phone moves on me here. I think he would have to get it, right? He would be yeah. a reliever. It would make sense. Yeah, I don't see that happening, but you, no. know, you never know. <laughs> Um, final thing I got, uh, we did hear from Rakan and you heard from Rakan. Uh, we heard two minor league names be mentioned by the GM, uh, them being, uh, Lennon Sosa, who is down in uh, Birmingham, uh, right now. And then also Yolbert Sanchez, who is currently in Charlotte. Uh, any other details about what Han said about those two? Yeah. I mean, he basically said that they've put themselves in a position to help the White Sox at some point this season. 
And, uh, you know, maybe that means September call-up or injury replacement. You know, they, that, that could mean that. Or maybe it means, you know, clock's going to tick out. Uh, you know, the, the, the hourglass is going to run out on somebody eventually here, and, and the opportunity is going to go to a different guy. I mean, I, I think I asked Tony La Russa, you know, the, during the last homestand, or maybe even earlier than that, you know, if there's a guy that's performing in the minor leagues and there's not a guy that's performing here, how long do you wait, really, in order to make that change? Asked him a variation of that question again today in terms of, you know, maybe a bench player who's already here versus a, a supposed starter who is struggling. Um, and he basically reiterated that he, you know, the best player is going to play. So um, he also said, too, which is important to note, that he believes that uh, in the old back of the baseball card, which I know everybody's real fond of uh, hearing every time we ask about the, the uh, White Sox struggling hitters. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's notable from Rickon to say that those guys have, have really kind of put themselves in a great position to be considered and, and, and to help the White Sox, uh, you know, later this season. Absolutely. Y'all good with Vinny? That's all. All right, that's all. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here, folks. Uh, thank you, Vinny Duber, for joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat reporter. Thank you, Vinny. Adios, guys. Adios. Uh, against all odds, he joins us every single time. I'm glad we got there. We did a, enough Genesis slash Phil Collins songs. And somebody said we were in Stu Stu Studio B. Vinny <laughs> <laughs> uh, Duber will always be Robert in our heart uh, in the Stu Stu studio. Uh, and I will be now listening to Su 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 studio uh, later on today. Uh, hey, got to throw a shout out. Mm-hmm. Got to throw a shout out to our people over at OWN, our good, good friends over at OWN. We love our people over at OWN. It's 100% plant-based. It's a plant-based protein that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do, and all of their products are free of artificial ingredients. They're allergen-friendly. They have no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. I like drinking these protein shakes. I usually don't like drinking protein shakes. I usually don't like eating plant-based stuff, but this mix, this, this, this smoothie here, goes down well. I like the vanilla flavor. I like the chocolate flavor. I like the salted caramel flavor. I like the strawberry banana flavor. That was the first one I had. So that's all four flavors that I like. It is a very, very good way to have a snack uh, in a plant-based protein way. Uh, I I really felt full up after I had them. And and you kind of talked about this uh, with a different product before on a different White Sox podcast. But, you know, when you're going for a snack, it's very easy to go for a, a candy bar or it's very easy to go for a pop. This will fill you up. And if you're looking for something after the gym to recharge, if you're just looking for something to hold you over to dinner, own is absolutely a healthy and and good way to fill yourself up. I've really enjoyed the products. It is very nice to hear. And the first way I, I heard about it was from the Chicago Bears quarterback himself, Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Uh, He is also an epileptic like I am, so it's very cool to see him uh, go towards that uh, plant-based diet and and have that pay off for him. And part of that is using OWN. OWN and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveown.com with code CHGO. You spell OWN O-W-Y-N. So you can go to live, L-I-V-E, own owyn.com liveown.com use code chgo20 to join me and Justin Fields to try own it's only what you need and also got to mention chgo 
Yes. The, 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 the damn thing. The thing that we do here. here. If you want your podcast, if you want your live shows on every team in Chicago every single day, we are here for you. We are here for your pregame shows, your postgame shows, the CHGO White Sox Pre-game and post-game will start at 6.30 tomorrow. The post-game will be after the first out is made. We come to you live from the stu, 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 stu studio every single night. If you're looking for premium written content by our own Vinny Duber, you can go to allchgo.com to become a member. When you become a member, you get a free shirt, and luckily we have dope merch for every single team. We also have some great CHGO merch, and I know that there's some t-shirt ideas kicking up mm -hmm. as well. Uh, for some Southsiders. So a like lot those. of fun things in the work for CHGO. You want to become a member. Members also get access to our CHGO lounge. It's our members only discord. So if you want to become a part of the community of what we're building here at CHGO, obviously joining our chats here in the live pre and post game shows is important and you are a part of our community when you do so. But if you want to go that extra little mile go to allchgo.com and you will get premium written articles a free shirt when you sign up and access into our members only discord all right herb i want to talk about ai generated mitch white here Ugh. who had a no hitter uh what going on for what felt like forever yes uh jose abreu ends up breaking it up but let's talk about what mitch white did today because steven said it you said it i said it Vinny didn't say it but i said it you said it steven said it this guy didn't look that impressive. No, not at all. Like, his fastball topped out about 96 miles per hour. Good, good velocity. But it, nothing I saw in that fastball was like, okay, I see why people are striking out against Mitch White, AI-generated Mitch White. It looked straighter and straight. It had some run, which they were calling a changeup on uh, stat, uh, what is it, StatCast? They mm -hmm. were calling his 93.7 mile per hour Looked like a sinker, a changeup, and just had run. That's all it had. It might like profile as that, and as an AI, he might be doing things different than a regular He's pitcher. Learning. So Statcast is like, that's a changeup, but why is it ninety three? And his fastball is ninety six. There was nothing there. Slider was nice. I mean, of course, you throw sliders to Luis Robert. He's gonna flail at a couple of those things. He's gonna. He hasn't learned that as yet. It was good, not great. Nothing that we saw from Matt Brash early in the year. We're like. That's hard to hit. That's really bad. I cannot hit that right there. And that's what he is. He's a replacement. And they say in the broadcast, they're getting Clayton Kershaw back off the IL after this. This will probably put Mitch White in this role that he usually is in is a relief slash an opener role. So there was nothing there. The White Sox made this guy as such. So it was very, very disappointing to see them getting no hit through four and then Jose Abreu breaking that up and then them breaking through eventually in the sixth inning against uh, Phil Bickford and then Mitch White, who got the loss, I believe. No, Bickford, nope. got, the Bickford loss. got the loss. Sorry, Bickford uh, came in and gave up the booty. Yes, and, uh, and David, David Price, Price oof, too. Who really blew the doors open the on that one. Uh, Price wow. was wrong. Price was wrong, bitch. Um, yeah, so very shocking that the White Sox today, um, and this kind of speaks to Mitch White's just kind of eh, uh, but the fact that the White Sox won 4 nothing and only drawing two walks against the Dodgers, uh, very, very shocking uh, to me, the fact that that happened. Uh, I would think that the White Sox would want to load up the bases with more runners. Uh, I mean, they did load up the bases. They yeah. just did the White Sox thing where bases loaded, one out, 
we get it out by Reese McGuire, which you will uh, profile in a second. And, of course, automatic out. Josh Harrison got out the next guy. So, yeah, they did that early versus Mitch White and then just didn't get any runs across. It's just frustrating to do this bases loaded thing so many times and be, be so bad at it. Right. Like, at very minimum, you got to get some type of bat on ball if you are uh, Reese McGuire in that at bat. He just... Took a good look at that ball. It was a little tail to going back into the plate, but it's a close pitch where you have three and two count. There's no reason for you to be having the bat in your shoulder right there. So Reese McGuire failed there, but as I said earlier, his catching has been bar none great. It's, oh. That's why he's on the team, and he did get a hit eventually, and I think he draw, drove in a run. No, he drove in a run. No, he said, yeah, he, yeah. Hey, he drove in a run. So he helped his own cause there, but... That at bat was not good at all by Reese McGuire when they had the bases loaded with only one out. Well, it's funny that McGuire ended up did driving in a run because they intentionally walked Mankata to get to Reese McGuire, so he kept the inning alive, which was good to see. Uh, Josh Harrison ended the inning, uh, which is you know just kind of his credo. Um, when, when, when's the point that we just give up on Josh Harrison? Because uh, mm-hmm. now it's been about 162 games of this guy absolutely stinking. Uh, well, let's go to, before we get to that, uh, Reese McGuire, that at bat you were talking about one out bases loaded. Uh, we can just see what McGuire did in that at bat versus Mitch white. Uh, just looking, uh, on three, two, it's a fastball. Steve stone was calling it down the middle. Um, it definitely doesn't get much more of a strike than that. I mean, it's, it's a little bit close to the edge, but, uh, there's some, there's some separation there between the edge and, and the plate. So, uh, that's a strike as clear as it gets. And I, I don't understand it. You know, Reese, you have a pitch like that bases loaded bat can't be under shoulder. No. And I understand sometimes if you think a ball is outside the zone, you do not offer it because you're ready to walk things like that. But no, that ball was in the zone. Well, in the zone, it's two strikes. Put the bat on ball. Strike out. Swinging. Strike out. Luke right. and he is just, uh, I just get so frustrated, especially with uh, a 3-2 count. And you know you need to get bat on ball to drive in a run there. So I would have rather him to a GIDP. Because, <laughs> get right. Because I know the next guy is not going to do a damn thing. And it's way past. We've been past the Josh Harrison thing. His defense has been go- good. Real good. But we didn't pick him up to be a defensive second baseman only. You got to do something with the bat, something with the bat. So there's multiple people down in the minor leagues. There's a guy on the team right now who's playing shortstop. He'd be much better than what Josh Harrison doing with the bat. I guarantee you Danny Mendick at the end of the year will not be hitting 176. I guarantee to you. And that's what Josh Harrison's hitting right now. I love my mans. I love his high step into second base, but that's few and far between. Is right. uh, revving up the, the motorcycle. Cool. I've seen that three times. Two for you and far between. I need to see that at least 20 times a month. His at least. last 290 plate appearances. His last 290 plate appearances. Herb, do you want to guess what he is batting? Average. 290 plate appearances. Let me see. So there's some walks in there, some hit by pitches. Uh, I think he's probably hitting 220. 227. Boom. Not too bad. And Boom. that means DFA him. DFA him. He hasn't hit a home run since August 16th of last year. This man can't 
hit anymore. I am sorry. He is fun. And when he gets doubles, it is fun. It feels like he could bring some energy. But you need to be good at baseball to be able to bring that energy. Gavin Sheets sucks the energy out of this lineup when he comes up. Josh Harrison sucks the energy out of this lineup when he comes up. And I understand people don't like Reese McGuire staring and looking at that strike three. But he at least delivered today. And that's good to see. And if Reese McGuire is the worst hitter on the team, this White Sox team doesn't have any issues. The issue is Reese McGuire's hitting 223. Josh Harrison's hitting a buck 76. Yohan Makata's hitting a buck 143. Yohan uh, Yasmani Grandal can't even get in the lineup. Uh, and, you know, Alex did mention that Reese McGuire has caught Kopech every single game. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. So uh, my, mea culpa on that one for not noticing that a little bit earlier. But still, you know, that's the biggest issue is that Reese McGuire isn't the worst hitting player on this team. That's the expectation for Reese McGuire. Be a great glove. Be a bad hitter. Right now, he's not the worst hitter, and that's the issue. And speaking of Alex Rude, who uh, joins us uh, occasionally in the post-game show, he was on Sons of Harnarchy. Did a great job. The last uh, episode, I believe. He was in for Hot Take Tommy. Him and Drunk fan, Sox fan Steve, Steve-O did a good job. So go and check that out if you guys haven't already. Alex Rude, I mean, he's probably the smartest White Sox fan. He'll, he'll tell you exactly what's going down. He knows stuff. He can calculate odds in his head. But <laughs> Reese McGuire... His position is backup catcher, and as a backup catcher, I don't expect you to give me much offensively. What he's given us already this year as a 223 with a 523 OPS, it's not, a, it's not enough, it's not a lot, but it's a catcher. I don't mind too much. You're catching so well, I can look past your offensive stats, but you know, you, in the individual at bat, I'm fine with it. I mean, in the individual bat versus Mitch White, you need to be a little better. Go a little bit harder there. I just be a little more aggressive. I just don't want right. you to be looking at pitches. For Josh Harrison, a second baseman, he got to give me something. Defense is good, but I got to have something on with the bat too, especially if you have other people on the team that could do a more capable job than you are with the bat. Danny Mendick screams out that to me right now. The Sosa kid down in Double A is doing that. The Sanchez kid in Triple A is doing that. So why is on the team? I don't understand. There's, there's some loyalty to him. The money is, is already spent. You already yeah. DFA'd Dallas. This is what five million dollars. Now it's a almost a third of that. Come on, so drop in the bucket. Josh Harrison will find another team. He'll do well somewhere else. There's no reason to have people who are bringing your team down that have no future with this team currently on the team uh, going forward. He also might not just figure it out. He's at this point of his career where it just might be done for him. Yeah. Uh, it, it's happened before. I mean, there's players who of a much better ilk, or I think that's a word, yeah. uh, that that have done this. I mean, you, you remember uh, good old Roberto Alomar uh, coming over. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame hitter right there. And then Multiple he just times. came over to the White Sox twice and uh, forgot how to hit. Um, like, it just happens sometimes with these players. It just kind of stops. And it stopped for Matt Carpenter. He had to go down to AAA and figure that whole thing out uh, all over again. Like, it ha- can happen at any point uh, right now. So, uh, I, you know, it's 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 difficult. It's frustrating. I see someone, though, saying, like, uh, and it was our guy Dave, uh, our, our guy, Dave, uh, saying, you That's know, the, guy, Dave. The, you say his name right. The magic magical trade uh, was a mistake. Offense from second base is scarce throughout the MLB. Madrigal's got an OPS of 48, OPS plus of 48. He's not good. He's not good at hitting right now. And he's, he's not good defensively. I don't know so, if you guys uh, listened to the Locked On Sox podcast when Chris Tannehill and I were doing it last year. I told you this shit. I told you. But I thought 
one thing that Nick Magic could do is hit. He's not hitting anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was bad at fielding. He was bad at base running. I was not impressed when they brought him up. I was like, this this is the guy you guys have been talking up? This is the fourth overall pick? Come on now. Just just trash. I mean, I wish him good luck over there with the Cubs because he does have a tool, a hit tool. What we saw here as the White Sox fans, when he got down two strikes, he would find a way to deliver. That has gone away. I don't know if being traded early in his career made him mess up and being hurt as much as he's been over there with the Cubs is being uh, is messing with his uh, hitting, but he is not the same guy that showed up last year for the White Sox, and I'm glad the White Sox traded him not as much as uh, Cody Hoyer for Craig Kimbrough. That was a good move. I did not mind it. It didn't work out for either team as yet, but I think it was a good move. So it's fine that he's over there on the north side. I wish that he gets to hitting and become the 3,000 hit guy as he projected himself to be. Yeah, I don't think that you know I'm going to ever feel regret from that magical trade. And people do have to just remember uh, that Craig Kimbrell had an ERA under 0.3 last year. He was used a lot by the Cubs. It just broke out, broke down. It it wasn't for him. That's another guy too, that maybe he's just lost it, but uh, we'll figure out. We don't need to rehash this. We'll talk to you as well tomorrow. Johnny Cueto versus Tony Goslin. The White Sox should win that. And then we'll talk to you. Cease uh, versus Anderson on Thursday. We still got more Dodgers and Sox to talk about uh, with you, but we got to wrap it up here. Got to go to Jaxo with the super chat. $20 super chat from our guy. That's going to go into the boat bank, right? We're living that lake life, and uh, we're adding that to the pot. Uh, Jaxo, it is small. So, yeah, uh, Jaxo saying, now can the Sox come back tomorrow and hit against Tony Goslin, who is 7-0? and And will we beat Tyler Anderson on Thursday, who has a better pitching record than Tony Goslin? Also, will we beat the Astros next week in Houston? So, Jaxo has a lot of questions about beating people. Why don't we just go to the Dodgers first? Yes. Yes. No. Yeah, I don't think that they will take a series from Houston, especially in Houston, especially with that horrible, horrible uh, Little League field that they play in with the Crawford boxes. Um, I really don't think that, you know, uh, the White Sox will win three games there. But I've told you this, Jack, so and I'll tell you again, we're living this lake life. We're not fretting, right? We're just taking a relaxed approach. It's June. Summer's just started. I like how your glasses just like fell down right when you said lake life, right? It's perfect. They knew they knew to be in the position they need to be in. They've been well trained. You know, (laughs) I I said the White Sox are going to sweep. Don't worry. Tony Goslin, he's got a great record. He's got a a bigger FIP as well. Tyler Anderson, he's got a good record. He's got a bigger FIP. Don't worry. Regression's coming. Yeah. Regression's coming. The White Sox are good. The Dodgers are weak. Sweep is coming, boys. Don't worry. Boys and girls, sweep is coming. All right. Uh, that's going to do it, though, for the CHGO White Sox podcast. I do want to give a shout-out to one more commenter uh, before we go, uh, saying that CHGO has upgraded their podcast playlist. Uh, really do appreciate the kind words coming from Robert Bueller. Uh, CHGO has upgraded my play, uh, podcast playlist. Got me through the sh- shaky sock start. I was missing Herb and Sean's come a long way from talking to himself in his closet. Best gentlemen, we appreciate Robert, and we appreciate all of you fine and lovely people rating, reviewing, chatting with us on these live shows and on our podcast. It's been great to do the CHGO White Sox podcast. And if you do want to become a part of our community, come and be a part of our community at the tailgate on June 22nd. AllCHGO.com should have the link for you to buy tickets on our Eventbrite page, June 22nd, 1130 a.m. in Lot B. 
$25 will get you a game ticket, and you can come stop by the tailgate, the CHGO White Sox tailgate. Herb, we're taking a day off to go watch the White Sox. It doesn't sound too bad. Oh, sounds great. I told, and I don't know if KPW is still in here, we're playing as Toronto Blue Jays. What is it to drive down from Toronto to Chicago? Not right. that long. Drive your ass down here or fly. I don't care. And come to the tailgate, and we could see your Toronto Blue Jays get swept by the White Sox that day. Yeah, Tim Anderson's going to be back, too. So we got reinforcements coming. At least, at least what, you know, Vinny's saying might happen. And Paul, to end our <laughs> Phil Collins Genesis thing, says another day in paradise on 622. Absolutely. And uh, Paul corrects an easy lover. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> White Sox uh, improved to 26 and 27. They are four games back of the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Minnesota's 32 and 25 on the year. They lost today against the Yankees, and they just started a three-game series against the Yankees, and what they usually do against the Yankees is lose. Uh, So, hey, Herb, if the White Sox win two more games, does that mean they're going to be two games back after the Twins get swept by the Yankees? Yes, and that'll mean they'll be over. 500, too. Look at that. That's going to be fun. Uh, we'll talk to you about that tomorrow. we got the pregame starting at 6.30, so come join Herb and I. You can follow Herb on Twitter at Eckerwall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. I am Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show and podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We were joined from uh, Guaranteed Rate Field by Vinny Duber, the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. We were produced today by our good old buddy, good old pal, Stephen Nicholas. Thank you, Stephen, for your great work on all of the graphics that I sent you and didn't use today. We want to thank everyone for being in the live chat and helping us out and helping us grow. It's been a blast doing this now for three months. I wasn't here on our third birthday, our third month birthday. So a uh, shout out to everybody for helping grow CHGO. It's been a blast to work here. And it's been a blast to do all these post-game shows with you. Also, shout out to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow and go White Sox.